Hello everyone and welcome to another Cooth Snap Pod. This month marks November, a month which raises awareness of male mental health problems, and today we are looking at busting some myths that can begin in early childhood. They may be phrases you've heard from family members, friends, or on the TV, and can create harmful stereotypes. But before we jump in, some introductions. I'm Dan, and today I'm being joined by Des. Hi everyone. And Tom. Hi everyone. The three of us are going to have an open chat about things we have experienced in life, from the weirdness of being called gay for wearing a coat, to how football has helped with mental health. Just before we properly start to chat, I want to say that even though all of us experience being called gay as a form of bullying, none of us feel like it's a bad thing or there's anything wrong with being part of the LGBTQIA plus community. Okay, first up, they're common phrases that we hear a lot in everyday life, and they are man up and boys don't cry. So, who'd like to go first with their thoughts? Um, yeah, I'll jump in there then, Dan. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, I just think, for me, it's, I'd like to just think about like what it means when we receive those messages. And I was, um, yeah, doing this session the other week in the school and asking young people, they were sixth formers, but put your hand up if you've heard any of the, those from when you were tiny all the way through to like being 16, 17. And, it looked like the majority of hands went up and then someone asked me and like they I, they said to me and what does it feel like i put my hand up as well because i've heard them a lot and i asked them um a kid in the audience asked me what does it mean to you tom when you're on the receiving end of them and i think amongst many things but it's that i'm not heard that my experience doesn't matter and uh and yeah don't feel seen don't feel heard and certainly don't feel validated and yeah, they evoke real sort of strong feelings in me, Dan, hearing those things. And that are still being said. I'm 39, um, and I remember them growing up, and young men are still saying to us at Cooth, yeah, we get it every day. It's still involved in a lot of language that's used, aimed at young men. Yeah. Yeah, it's really something you'll hear in everything, whether that's at school, whether that's from a parent, whether that's from a friend, or even, I, I, I seem to recall, like, even teachers would say it for anything, you know. I fell over as you know fell over in the playground you know a teacher would be like oh boys don't cry and it's, it's it's that sort of um that negative you know enforcement from a young age but yeah i was wondering if you had any thoughts as well Des. yeah just second what tom's just said really but i think when i was at school and it was just exactly what you just said tom you feel like you just dismissed your feelings can't be heard there isn't a space to talk about this here it's almost like a it's like a code word for shut up we don't want to know we're not interested so uh yeah i found that always really tough luckily my family are you know we're all quite open to these discussions and my mum really promoted emotional resilience and you know emotional literacy with both me and my brother so we're quite fluent in our emotional literacy and we're able to talk about how we feel and thank goodness for that because i think that's one of the biggest gifts i was ever given um from my mum to be able and to have that conversation with young men and boys now as an adult i'm two years younger than tom so i'm 37 he's a bit older than me <laughs> um so it's really important that these things are starting to be recognized though because i just don't think that it's been recognized in the last well it has now but prior to about say three or four maybe five years ago these things weren't even talked about it was like it was just an accepted term and thank goodness we're coming to some realizations where now we can actually t talk about exactly the purpose for what you're doing today in this podcast is we can name those phrases we can name those things and actually 
pull it apart and destigmatize it and deconstruct it. To, to bring up the ages, I, I'm um, about 14 years younger than uh, you both. So, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, sorry, guys. Um, so, I was just wondering what you, your thoughts were on the sort of surface of the starting off the conversation more. But do you think there's been a, a huge leap in the past from when you were sort of growing up? Um, you know, how, how stark is the difference between the, you know, the openness of conversation about male mental health? I wouldn't say for me it's been huge, but there has been a leap. I don't know what you yeah. think about that, Tom. Like, there's been more openness in terms of, like, a spotlight shone on this. Again, just making reference to this podcast today, this wouldn't have happened 10 years ago, probably. Yeah. Um, so I do think there's been a leap, but I wouldn't say it was a huge one. We've still got a long way to go. Mm. I, I can't, I'd echo that. I think for me, like being in school, I don't ever remember like words like resilience. I don't actually remember mental health, emotional well-being. There weren't terms that were used. So I think for me, the big change has been now that we're recognising them, but the language and the messages that young men get given are still out there. Do you know? So I don't think the messages have changed, but the awareness to not the potential damage, but what we do know, the damage that it causes to young men. Yeah, so st still work to be done in that sense, definitely. Um, so I'll, obviously I'll move on to the next myth now. And um, it's one that I I was talking about to somebody the other day. Um, it's of uh, boys don't wear pink. And it's it's a bit of a, um, I know it's a bit of a sort of almost retro one because you don't hear it as much anymore. But it's something that I know definitely still affects a lot of people because it's something I have strong memories of growing up. I had um, a coat that my mum bought me. Um, and it had, um, it was a lovely coat, it's like a, a lovely blue one, but it had a sort of strip of pink on it. And every time I wore it, I'd get called gay and I'd get called, you know, all sorts of names because it had a bit of pink on it. And uh, it, and um, I remember even still having it as a bit of a problem with uh, different clothes when I was a bit older, you know, as a teenager. Um, and it's it just, it's, it's incredible to think, you know, I, I really like this coat, but because it had a strip of pink, you know, this whole boys wear blue girls wear pink because i had this bit of pink i was gay as you know as, as people said I, th I think for me first of all i wear pink and i wear it with pride <laughs> um but i hear what you're saying because when i was a teenager as well yes there was certain colors that i would also feel embarrassed and ashamed about but i think again it's one of those conversations that are starting to change because without going into too much detail here when you look at um the lgbtq plus community uh, particular transgender people and non-binary people when you look at you know um who they are and what they're about and what they stand for actually that it goes a little bit deeper when you think about things like color because uh, gender is assigned at birth by somebody else so us being male we had an expectation from birth to be a certain way as men and unfortunately that's not the way life goes anymore we don't we that there's it needs deconstructing and it is starting to be deconstructed um and i think for me you know when you when you talk about colors like pink and blue again you know you still see it now a child is born in a hospital and if it's a boy they get blue gifts if it's a girl they get pink gifts but what happened to just neutral gifts like a white yeah. gift or a yellow yeah. gift i mean there are people who a couple of my friends have had babies recently and they refuse to have gender assigned colors because they're of this belief that we're talking about now is why should a color have an attachment to a gender so again i think change is happening but it still has a lot of a lot more change to come 
Um, and I don't really care what colours I wear and I don't care what people think anymore. No, I think it, when it, you get it, to a certain age, you do start to think to yourself, it's just a colour. And that is like, what it is. As long as you rock it and you look good, you know, no yeah, problem. Yeah, totally. Some people suit um, pink, some people suit blue. It doesn't really matter how you identify as gender or in your sexuality or as a person, does it? Really? Exactly, exactly. So it's, it's the complexities of it that I've just, you know, it's, as you say, you know, it's when the babies are given the gendered gifts, it's, it's the complexities that I just, you know, aren't recognised from from the get-go, really. Yeah. yeah. Your coat sounds amazing as well, Dan. I really <laughs> want to see it. It sounds oh, great. No, it's, I'm trying, you know, I've probably got a few old pictures of it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I might be sulking away in the corner because I was told it was uh, rubbish. But, uh, you know, it, it was great. It was great. Love it. Yeah, I'd just, again, echo that. My little boy's favourite colour's been pink, but in going into school, the lang it is there. Those things are still there about the colour, isn't it? That, um, And I'd just, yeah, try and reinforce to him, wear what you're comfortable in, but so many of the things can impact that. And having comments at the age you were at about what colour coat you had, what colour you had on your coat, that will impact if that was me, I would probably make the decision as a young man growing up, I won't wear this coat anymore. As a 39-year-old man, I love a bit of pink, you know. But I remember, yeah, a few years ago wearing a pink scarf and someone questioned, again, it then became with sexuality. You know what I mean? Like, it, it really has no influence on my sexuality, exactly. the colours yeah. that I am wearing at all. But, yeah, I think, like you say, unfortunately, some of it's... those opinions can still... It's so bizarre, isn't it, when you actually break it down like that, that people, because that's what people are saying is an item can change your sexuality. Like, come on, you know, you know who you are. Like, we all know who we are in terms of our sexual identity. And, you know, a colour is not going to change that. So, you know, my message to society is, come on, everyone. You know, let's move on from let's move on from assigning colours to our sexual orientation. It's it's bizarre. Yeah, yeah I, I suppose uh, that ties into uh, sort of one of the next myths um, of the sort of the, the reinforcements, obviously around you know boys and girls, and it's um, obviously uh, you know uh, uh, you know I'll have heard, I'm sure you'll have heard, you kick a football, you know a bit rubbish when you you know grown up, you'll hear you know you kick like a girl or you throw like a girl and things like that, and to get that sort of you know that idea that girls and women are inferior as a growing up as a as a, as a young you know young boy young man it's, it's it's incredibly harmful it is and i think you know speaking on behalf of all women on that comment there as well as i think you know we are not a man's world we're not living in a man's world we're living in a world full of people people who have as much right to be here as everybody else and i think again this can go far deeper than what we've got time for today but i just think it's another thing that needs to be constructed the whole emphasis on women being a certain way and having certain roles and certain ways of being and, and men it's just really bizarre and to think that you know to demoralize women in that respect by saying you know you throw like a girl it, that's not okay but just throwing you know a kid is just throwing the ball like who said there was a way to throw things exactly yeah is there yeah. a rule book somewhere that <laughs> i don't know about because i know i'd, I'd know, love to find I the just, rule book yeah <laughs> i just I mean, I'll be honest, I can't kick a ball. I've never been into football. And that's just not being my thing because I just don't like it. That's just not yeah, my sport. Yeah, you know, some people totally like mountain biking, yeah. some people like running, some people like swimming.
and this is the same as many of the guys and boys out there, is that just because you don't like football or you can't kick a ball, it doesn't mean that you're gay or ridiculous or anything other than that. It just means you can't kick a ball, simple. Mm. Probably because you haven't practised it because you're not into that. <laughs> it's funny because football's my... Uh, it's probably like my biggest passion and it was always my safety blanket growing up because I was quite good at football, whereas academically I struggled. So I feel really conflicted with that because I know just how much football meant to me and where a lot of my confidence grew because in a classroom, I sort of shrunk a bit. That's where my comparing would be. But it's true, you know, like those comments, I'd have heard them loads go, you know, I happen to like football. Um, But again, it is those things, isn't it, that is assigned, you know, genres or type of music. Uh, You know, there's other avenues where people that's a masculine thing to like, or that's a masculine thing to do or um, be interested in. But um, yeah. You know what's, you know, what's bizarre as well, Tom is flipping the coin. When you see women playing football, what are they usually denoted as? What as in masculine, heard? would you say? Masculine like or lesbian. Yeah. yeah. So there's, you, you know, you hear these awful messages and again, it's just another example. I know we're talking about boys and men here, but it's just another example how, flipping the coin to the other gender, females, like, you know, they are allowed to play football without an attachment to being considered a lesbian. Like, come on. Like, again, why does a sport, we were talking about colour, but why does a sport as well dictate someone's sexuality? Mm-hmm. It's it's just an action. It's, you know, <laughs> yeah. It's it can't change your, you know, your deeper sense of self. It's, yeah, it's bizarre to me. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, well, no, thank you very much, Jez and Tom, for, for taking part today. And if you're listening and interested in learning more on this topic, you can check out our Couth magazine or click on the links in the article which will accompany this podcast. And as always, if you need to talk, you can always reach out to a member of the lovely team here at Couth. They are online Monday to Friday, midday till 10pm and at weekends from 6 until 10. We will be back next week with another Couth Snap Pod. But until then, take care. Bye.